We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, we do everything. Everything. Everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Good morning, Bill. It's brunch culture, Bill. Yo, it's another week. How you doing, Lisa? How you week going? I'm I'm doing good. You know, it's it's job hunting. You know, still on the quest. Um, I will get there. But I got my degrees. Uh, right. You got, and you got some supporters, too. You got people. I've gotten a couple texts, people asking me about what kind of jobs you're looking for. And they're going to be out on a hunt for you. So you got yeah, the warrior. Yeah, y'all there. keep hunting. Y'all find it. Uh, preferably something <laughs> yeah. that's going to help. Huh? He said y'all find it. Y'all help me. I'm on a quest, too. Anything that's going to help me pay off my student loans and get this Range Rover. Um, that's really, you know, preferable. I, it's the dream. Uh, Creflo this week, his he go they getting that sixty five million dollar jet, and I'm yeah. I was like, man, if he could get that after all the controversy he went to, why I can't get my range? Right, and you believe in God. That's why. Yeah. That's all you got to do. He said God told him that he was the board said that God said that they he needed that. So listen, who am I to argue with the big God? Can you uh, introduce me to his his board? I, I, a, I want them to, to, um, to I want them to get me a Range Rover too. They got him a Rolls Royce, so I'm thinking a Range is cheaper. So this shouldn't be nothing. So really, Thanks. I probably need to be applying there. Come on, that's, come on, that's come on. The epiphany. That's why I need to go apply. So I'm gonna go on World Changes website. I was trying, I was trying to get a job in D.C., but I see I might need to go to Atlanta. A T L A N T A G A. That's where I stay. Hey. All right, A town something. Yes, Well, you know it's our first, uh, first ag- agenda. Is that agenda? Should I say agenda? A first agenda. Yeah, that don't go. And, yeah, and the first thing agenda. on the scroll is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we go say. Our first agenda. We were scrolling. So, yeah, so we were scrolling, and unfortunately, I was actually really bothered when I heard about this, uh, the death of Bo Biden, Joe Biden's son. Um, it really bothered me, because, you know, I got, got a chance to meet him, and he actually talked to us when we were, during my time, at the good, the big house, and I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't know before, well, I think I knew that his wife died, but I didn't know that he had lost a wife and a kid, um previously and so his two younger sons uh Bo and his other son were injured in the car accident that killed those two and he actually got like sworn in as a senator um at the the bedside of his son his son's bedside because they were they were uh hospitalized from the accident so to know that he lost another another son it was you know it was kind of rough I my definitely my heart went out to him and I felt I felt really bad just kind of imagining how that is because I think losing anybody is tough, but I always think the relate like you losing a child or losing a parent, those two things are the are the hardest. So I definitely condolences and hearts and prayers go out to Joe Biden because that's you know he's lost he's lost 
close relatives, close family members before, and to do it again is kind of rough. Yeah, and I saw a picture from the funeral, and his face, and you could just see the grief all in his face, and I felt so bad. Yeah. For him. And I, yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to Vice President Joe Biden and and the family, because it's definitely definitely heartbreaking. For sure. And in other news, on the scroll on our social media feeds, Baltimore, the highest murder rate since 1971. And it seems like Baltimore is chaotic. Um, there was somebody on CNN, uh, um, one of the advocates saying that the police and the community, there's such distrust and the police have backed off because they don't want to be looked at as the villains and is is the community taking advantage of the police like the passive nature of the police and how the commissioner has lost control and they don't respect him and it's just like it, it seems to be chaos and so it's like oh what do we do like what what it what are we going to do about it i know yeah no go ahead i i'm i'm just what do you think randall so, you know, I think it's very unfortunate. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty disheartening to see. And I think this proves and shows that, you know, law enforcement is needed. Law enforcement is necessary. And I'm a, one of those people that always says no one is approaching this to say, oh, all police officers are bad or, oh, we need to not have law enforcement or police like nobody's ever said that. This definitely proves that, you know, there's an issue there. So one of the things that I personally take issues with this story is people's tendency to point out the fact that most of the deaths and the killings were black on black crime. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my issue becomes not that you are saying that it's almost like that story and that rhetoric is a justification for why people shouldn't say black lives matter. Why people say that I can't rally behind black lives matter or rally behind you or go to these uh, marches or protests because we killing ourselves, black people killing other black people. What? You're not even, you're not even dealing with, apples and oranges you're not even dealing with apples and apples oranges and oranges this is apples and rocks like these are not (laughs) the same things like you mean to tell me that because some black people kill other black people then you can't address issues with an injustice from people that have legal a legal authority to use weapons that have been trained to use weapons and they're Using that weapons, that privilege and that force to harm, to kill someone and to kill, to stop, to end someone's life. And you're telling me that, oh, well, I can't say nothing about it because black people kill black people. How stupid is that? How much sense does that make? One of the analogies, exactly. One of the analogies that I, I, I gave to someone that had the same story was if you get shot in your arm and stabbed in your, in your leg, what do you which one do you want me to take care of both first? You can't tell me because they're both deadly, deadly injuries. You want me to address both of them. So we need to address both of them. So don't tell me that, oh, one shouldn't be rallying behind Black Lives Matters because black people kill black people. What? So when ISIS is coming to kill America, you're going to say, oh, well, don't stop ISIS because Americans kill Americans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just stupid. Like, stop. <laughs> 
stop the whole stop that whole thing. And I, that's when I hear when I heard when I hear the story, every time somebody talks about the story, the first thing they say, yeah, it's black on black crime. It's black on black crime. OK, so what else you want? Like, what does that have to do with the cause in China? Why are we talking? You know, why are you ringing it up? That doesn't make me say, oh, man, you're right. Uh, they shouldn't. They should just leave the police officers alone. No. If there's wrong, if there's an injustice. We should talk about it. There's, that's that's the thing. We need to address that. Do we need to address black on black crime? Absolutely. Let's address that as well. If it's your calling to address black on black crime, then get behind black on black crime and address that. But don't tell me that one can't address a clear injustice because, oh, other people killed. They killed their own anyway. Get out of here with that crap. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So on other things on our timeline. Hillary Clinton speaking yeah. out against those GOP members, my people, who um, were um, had decided to vote um, against the Voters' Rights, Rights Act um, that we don't need it anymore um, because we've kind of passed that. So Hillary Clinton decided to take time to call out the GOP members. Hey. Um, though say uh to help her kind of uh get the black vote. I see you, Hillary. I see what you're trying to do. I see you. Strategy. It's a strategy, politics, but politics get a little dirty. Yeah, I mean, you know, but the GOP does have to fight for the black vote. I don't know if anybody that I'm sold on on either side, I'm definitely not sold on Hillary. But this is good. This was a good strategy, Hillary. Shout out you, to you. No, and in all regards, though, I will say that everybody in the race that's announced at this point has to work for the black vote. I don't think there's anybody that has the black vote in the bag. Particularly, I say this all the time. Ben Carson does. A, he has the what vote? He got the black vote in the bag. Black people like you vote. Um, I, I'm not voting for Ben. I already said, I've expressed several times on the show that I'm not voting for Ben. I just said that to be sarcastic. Nah, he ain't got no black vote. But I think everybody, everybody, and I have friends, like a lot of, a good, actually a good bit of friends um, that I, you know, would consider black intellectuals. And every time I show support for Hillary Clinton or say something about Hillary Clinton, I get a side eye or two. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not sold on it. Um, and I think so, you know, it just kind of goes to prove on, on the uh, Republican and Democratic side, like everybody has to work for it. It's not nobody. I don't think anybody has it. Nobody's just going to get the vote just because, you know, we know or the black community is 100 percent confident that they're that they are supporting them or standing in the gap for them. But what I can say about Hillary Clinton, I actually read a piece about her campaign and how she's approaching it this time. She's definitely approaching it from the standpoint of learning. One of the things she learned, I think she learned before uh, in the previous run uh, primaries that she came off as someone that had all the answers that knew everything and that came with a plan. And I was definitely down with Hillary Clinton. Um, I, she, I love people that comes with ideas and that's like pointing things out. And that's, that's definitely what she did. She was talking about what she wanted to do. Um, and she was connecting, she was giving you, Hey, this is how I'm going to do it. So I was definitely in support of that, but this time she's taking a different approach. Like the, the piece was saying that she is 
getting in touch with her nerd self and expressing that to people that she is a nerd. She enjoys reading. She enjoys, you know, learning. And so as opposed to saying that I'm going to stand in every community and I know what's best for you, she's actually getting out there and learning from the people. And she's put together this very diverse team of policy makers and policy writers. And she is um, basing it off the numbers, basing it off the, the the things that she hears from the people. And she's just trying to learn. And she's admitting that I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I, I, I don't have that experience. I can't even fathom what that would be like. So, you know, kudos. I, I say kudos for her to her for that, because I'm really about if you are showing me proof and showing evidence that you're getting out there and at least trying to hear the people, you know, I got to give you your props on that. So and if we I'm have some Gio Pierce that's doing that, I got to get, you know, I got to I'll give it up to you, too. Carson been doing that. Um, OK. Yeah. In the in a way we can't see, though. Just know oh, oh, we can't see. But he, just, the, at home, <laughs> he called people at home. He got friends that he called at home. It's right? like more it's telepathic. Um Oh, osmosis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Telepathic. You know, you can't see it. But uh, <laughs> I think Rand Paul is probably does the best job at that. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. But shots out to Hillary for doing that because that is a smart way to do to go about it, especially when a lot of people aren't sold on you. But for sure. I know if you've been scrolling, you've seen the Duggars, uh, the family that has a lot of children. Teach me how to Duggar. Teach me how to Duggar. Teach me, teach me how to Duggar. Everybody Duggar. That was so lame, though. That was really. Everybody don't Duggar, though, because this is some BS. Uh, Yeah, because this couldn't have that conversation. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, so their son actually was molesting, um, I know it's four of their daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to a babysitter and maybe some other girls that were not related, but it's definitely for their daughters. And um, they kind of swept it under the rug. They sent him off to some counselors that weren't really certified counselors from mm-hmm. another store I was reading. And then it's kind of they his dad was like, well, it it wasn't rape or anything like that. And so he kind of downplayed it. And so now it's this big scandal because the dad, when he was running, he was like in people involved in incest and molestation or rape need to be killed. It's capital punishment. Um, that's what he believes. But yet he had this son at home. That was a 13 year old boy that he did nothing about. He didn't report to the authorities. Um, he kind of swept it under the rug and took the law in his own hands. Um, and I guess because it was his son, he wanted to do something different. And they're pushing this whole thing about grace and forgiveness, which is true. You know, I'm an advocate of it. I'm a person of the cloth. However, we don't say that to murderers. We don't say that to anybody that's a criminal. Yes, you say, God, I'm sorry. I want forgiveness, but you still have to. You still have to submit yourself to the laws in place. And there are laws in place for molestation. And just because there was no penetration or they say it was no penetration because right now we don't know. um, Does that mean you get to skip the law? I mean, if if that's the case, we should just let anybody in prison who's said ask God to forgive them out. 
Exactly. And I think, so I think one of the things with this story, um, is to just acknowledge the fact that he was a kid. He was a teenager when he did it. Now, again, I'm not taking anything away from it. Um, but I, honestly, I think it's important to note that the way that the way that this should have been handled and the way that it would have been would have been handled if it was brought to light, you know, if it was taken to the police, um, it would have been different anyway, because he was a teenager um, when it happened. My gripe with this, and I think this is something that people fail to acknowledge and fail to realize. I think a lot of the stories is talking about, you know, the son, the son, the son, the son. And he is he deserved to be there's some some form of like reprimand that need to happen. He deserved to get help. Um, I think the parents have said, you know, they were in a very interesting or awkward, uncomfortable space. They didn't know what to do with it. Yada, yada, yada. So here's the issue that I have. You guys get on television and you know that this has happened and you purport yourself to be to have this perfect family image. Right. Um, Everything is together. And people say, well, you know, they don't want to air their dirty laundry. They shouldn't have to air their dirty laundry. Well, you chose to get on national television and to have a show and to make money off of your family, your family makeup. And you're very, very careful to make sure that you are seen in a positive light, right? And then you make statements about people deserving capital punishment, or you make statements about people that do bad things, but you don't acknowledge the bad that's in your backyard. And I think this really just shows and proves the flaw in people that take these strong positions against something because when it comes next to you and it you have to deal with it then you got to play the cover-up game because you don't want nobody to know and you want to try to hide that this happened or hide that one of your children would do it do it because then someone would turn to you and say well why didn't you handle it this way why didn't you handle it that way people scrutinize you and you don't want that so you try to cover up and hide it but in doing that who you really hurt are the victims, right? So I watched, I was in the gym working out and I saw uh, just a clip of an interview from the two daughters and well, two of the daughters and two of the daughters were saying that, you know, we forgive our brother. And, you know, they were recounting the time that it happened and they were saying that, you know, it was, it was uncomfortable and they weren't sure what's happening. They were asking questions why, but they're saying today we forgive our brother. And, you know, we know that the right thing to do is to forgive our brother. And the thing that pisses me off with that is that because the parents are taking this stance of we don't talk about it, we're going to get on live television. And this can honestly be a part of the story. We could have talked about this. We could have brought this up and said, hey, you know what? This happened. We want to talk about this happened on the show and we want to show people that, yes, we are a great family, but we've gone through a struggle and we've overcome it. And this is how we've done it. You haven't done that. You purported yourself to be very perfect. Producers found out and producers put it out there for the world to see. And now you're going on this damage control thing, but you don't realize that you have not. You force these girls to not go through this process of healing. You've made them say that they have to forgive or they have to be in this place of, oh, this is my brother. And I still have to operate around them without realizing that they're victims. They were stripped of their choice and you push them to just forgive them. Right. 
We sent him off somewhere. He got help. And now he's back. And now he's back in your face. You guys are going to record with him. You're going to do this. And we really don't go through this process of figuring out how you feel, letting you get that out, letting you really walk through the steps of healing, which are really important. And it just it really frustrates me in this because in no point in time are people considering how this is all impacting them. I don't like the fa- the fact that it's it became public and not to to hide or protect the son but to protect the girls because any type of sexual abuse if you know anybody that has been molested or raped or sexually assaulted in any way one of the worst things about it is having to deal with it and tell people about it and fess up to it because no matter what somebody's going to have an opinion about you and about that. And it's embarrassing. And it's not something that you people want to have out there. So it's like, as people are doing all these talk, this talking about it at no point in time is anybody considering how the girls feel. Right. And I think that's the thing about this that frustrates me so much. It frustrates me that the, the, the mom and dad portrayed this level of perfection where, you know, we just got it all together. And then you find out you don't got it all together. And then you're like, oh, we did everything we can do. But then it's it's shown that, hey, you haven't done all that you can do because you strip your daughters of their ability to really be able to say how they feel, to really go through it, because you're telling them that they have to be good people and do the right thing and forgive their brother. And I'm not saying that forgiveness at some point in time is not necessary. But if this happened when they were girls like little girls, how in the world can you tell me that they're mature enough or they're in the space enough to know for themselves to really be able to reconcile what it means to have your choice robbed from you and then say, oh, I just forgive that person. Mm -hmm. A child just doesn't do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not that's not something that one will easily get to without being pushed or forced to get there. And I just think that's completely unfair. Yeah. And I think that uh, when when you when you for them to, how they're responding to it I think is even more problematic saying where it's like well it wasn't racist <laughs> so that makes it it's, it's almost justifying it exactly so you're, you're not for the people who are trying to reconcile how you let this happen you're making it worse even though I know he's trying to make it better by saying okay it wasn't that bad but <laughs> You but the problem is it is that bad and the problem is the person yeah. that was offended by it you weren't the victim of it so exactly you don't get to say what it if 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 the girl was saying that that's different but you as the father can't say that you know what i'm saying exactly because that again that's and that's that's the proof and there's the evidence in you not realizing the weight of this situation and how, the, again, these girls were robbed of their innocence and robbed of their choice. And you are saying that it's not that bad to any to any degree. Right. It's I, I much I would prefer you to come out and say, you know, this happened. This is really bad. But to 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 bring in rape and say, oh, well, it wasn't rape as if like, calm down, guys. It's OK. He didn't rape them or anything. But what? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, it, yeah. I, things like this just it, it really frustrates me because this is one story that we're hearing about it. But there's so many people that are sexually abused and go throughout their lives and they don't talk about it. Or they can't talk about it or they can't bring up to anybody because 
of this type of we have to be perfect or, you know, you're a victim and you automatically feel like you've done something wrong. And in all actuality, you didn't do anything wrong. Somebody robbed you of your choice. But because you don't have a space where you can talk openly to somebody where they're going to love you in spite of you have to keep it all to yourself. It's just it frustrates me. Yeah. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the Duggar family in this time, um, especially the victims and um and the the son because i know he's he has a wife and children now so um you know it's it's a i'm sure it's a lot on every end (laughs) yeah yeah no for sure um yeah so for our main dish today um are we we keeping the main dish we're gonna we're gonna go with the main dish yeah i didn't yeah i thought we were Oh, hey, I'm I don't know. shout out to shout out to our listener that uh, suggested main dish. And I was like, I kind of, you know, I can get with it because it's like, you know, people say like we dishing on something. You can get, oh, yeah, it's get, rapping. Get, I, I got gotcha. you. But you know, people say like I'm dishing on something like mm-hmm. they dishing on it. So we like, oh, it's our main dish. It's kind of like a play on words. I get and it. And food because brunch. We we talking over brunch. Right now, I'm eating imaginary shrimp and grits from Ben's. Um, oh, you and Ben's. <laughs> and I've yet to go there, but it's all right. You should. You should. And get the shrimp and grits. Yeah, I'm and good. Say, and do this in remembrance of Lisa. You know, in communion, they say, do this in remembrance of me, Jesus. When you eat the shrimp and grits, they do this in remembrance of Lisa. So you trying to say you're Jesus? No, I'm just making the picture. <laughs> you know, I, just, I want Jesus. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, since we're talking about parallels, um, that wasn't a good intro to this, so never mind. Since we're talking about parallels, what? I was, yeah, yeah. Anyways, if you know, if you have, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you have seen the Vanity Fair cover of Caitlyn Jenner, who's formerly Bruce Jenner, um, and her transition and her coming out, letting her letting us know the name, because um, we after the special that you know he was like I'm gonna let you know the name, and he let us know the name in Vanity Fair, and now he is a wants to be known as she, and her name is Caitlyn Jenner. So um, yes. that's our introduction. That was a when I saw the picture, I was like, oh. It literally is breathtaking. Now, how you want to define breathtaking? My breath was taken. Um, breathtaking can mean different things to different people, but I, it was breathtaking. I, it's yeah, it was it was like oh wow, this is a lot. Like I did, and maybe because I wasn't ready for it, like yeah. I didn't know it was coming. And not that you can really be prepared for anything on social media because it's a you're it's like you're you don't know what's coming but it's just like i felt like i need to be prepped like i was just scrolling and then i was like oh and it's just like oh that's oh bruce jenner is no more like ply say (laughs) ply stupid yeah (laughs) yeah i don't i can't i can't mess with plies but if you go on his instagram you'll see what he said but i is it, it it like it was like then i text um i text the picture to randall i was like man this is deep this is a lot 
Yeah, I wasn't it. I I really wasn't like. At first, I thought it was a joke because I didn't think that it would come out that way. I didn't think that the reveal of Caitlyn or the the reveal, like, I just didn't. I didn't think that it would come out on Vanity Fair. I'm always trying to connect like why it happened on Vanity Fair. So when I initially, um, and I've had about three good deep hours and hour long conversations about this and going going on because the first thing that I will say is that for me it's always important to be respectful to people where I'm from respect is number one respect is key if you don't respect somebody that's how you lose your life right so Mm -hmm. I've always believed in respecting people um and so I I've my the issue I'm going to get to this to the issue that I took with it and then take you guys to what I've learned from my initial response. So but my my initial first I, I was initially when I saw it, I was like, this I, is this real? And then I did like a Google search and then I went to Twitter because, of course, I'm like, you know, if Twitter's really talking about it, and I'm seeing who's talking about it. This has to be like some weight to it. Mm-hmm. And I realized it wasn't like Photoshop. It wasn't cropped. It actually is a real thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is real, but why Vanity Fair? Because during the interview, <clears throat> Bruce Jenner said when when asked, you know, why do you want to do this? People think that this is a part of the Kardashian Jenner fame machine. You'd want to do it for fame or you're doing it in this way for fame. Why are you choosing to do this now? And why are you choosing to do it in this way to document? Documented to be public. And so Bruce Jenner's response was that he is doing it because there are a lot of people out there that don't have that aren't able to uh, come out in that way and aren't able to live in their truth. And so he wants to um, empower them, empower them, encourage them. And he wants to I don't think those aren't the words he uses. I think the, the, the words he uses, he wanted to help people. He wanted to help someone. That's what it was. Right. And so for me, I'm always very critical of people that tell me that they're being champions for communities, particularly communities that are being oppressed or don't have the benefits or the privileges that they have. So my initial frustration with this was, why are you on the cover of Vanity Fair in lingerie and how does that achieve your goal of helping these people? Because you have money, you have fame, you have privilege. There are people, there are trans people that don't have the the privilege that you have and you're not speaking to them. Right. You being on the cover of Vanity Fair and lingerie brings attention to you only. It doesn't change. It doesn't start the conversation of trans issues or how trans people are being killed, how trans people are being raped and they their cases are being thrown out because the judges see them as inhumane or not people like we're not you being on the cover of Vanity Fair in lingerie is not speaking to that. So for me, it I was just kind of like, how are people supporting this? And it's so selfish. This is a Kardashian move. This is a way in which you are bringing more attention to how good you look 
as a woman and it's all about you and it's all about Caitlyn and it's all about Caitlyn and we're talking about Caitlyn, people really aren't having a conversation. I was listening to CNN one morning and they actually brought, brought on uh, a trans woman and she was speaking about how uh, the pronoun, like pronouns that we use and the proper pronouns. And she was going through this process of, you know, trans etiquette and in terms of using pronouns. And she said that like the best thing to do is if you don't know, then you should say they, the, the safest pronoun to use is they instead of him, him or her. And then ask the question, what would you like me to refer you to? refer to you as and so for me it's like well this conversation is only happening because cnn brought on a trans person to their show because caitlin just came out that she's trans but caitlin didn't push the story to be about trans issues the hashtag became call me caitlin not like trans issues at all so i'm frustrated because i just don't like when people use quote unquote service as an opportunity to say that I'm a champion for a person, but what you're really doing is pushing your own agenda and pushing, pushing your own fame and celebrity that frustrates me and having the conversations and people challenging me to say that I, I hate that one person tried to put me in a box of the rest of the media that was like, well, Caitlin shouldn't be on a cover of a magazine at all. I was like, no, that's not what I said. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you can't live in your truth. I'm not saying that you can't be comfortable in the skin you're in and be your authentic self. I honestly believe that you should be your authentic self. I don't know what it is to feel that way. I don't know what it is to have that, to be in that position. So I personally believe that I can't tell you that you shouldn't because I believe that it's deeper than that, right? And I, I acknowledge my ignorance of not knowing and not having that experience. So for me, but what it is important for me is to do is say, if you say that you're going to help somebody, then how is this helping them? Because if a trans person that is in a non-accepting community goes and puts on lingerie and takes a picture and posts it online, they could potentially lose their life, but people can't get to you. So you have money. So you should be in everything that you do. You should be taking the story. You should be going back to that community. And so it was interesting because the person that was, I was debating with sent me an article from Laverne Cox, who is an actress from Orange is the New Black. And in which she says that she started the the hashtag, I think the hashtag is like trans is beautiful for that very reason. And so I'm reading, you know, this this uh, Tumblr post that Laverne Cox posted. And I'm like, but this shows that this is a person that is concerned about community. Why? Because the hashtags is trans is beautiful. She's using her platform and her voice to talk about trans issues and not talk about call me Caitlin, you know? And so I will, what I will give, and this is what somebody called me out on is like, you are so bothered or you're being so critical. Number one, because this person is connected to the Kardashians and I'll be the first to tell you, yes, I'm, I'm my, my headlights are up because what we've seen is that this family uses stunts to stay relevant nobody knows what they do, but we all know that they love attention. They love fame. And I'm, you know, that's you. If that's what you do. That's your hustle. Get it. But the thing that bothers me is that you're saying that you're doing this to help somebody, but it seems very, very personal. But what I will acknowledge is that I don't know what's in the article of Vanity Fair. When it comes out, I actually want to read it because I want to see if 
Caitlin is being true to what Bruce said Caitlin would be doing, which is helping somebody else. Because if this article is all about Caitlin's reveal and how Caitlin is so happy and Caitlin and Caitlin doesn't speak to trans issues, then I feel like people should really have a problem because it's like you're not doing what you said that you're doing or that you wanted to do, or the reason that you're doing it in this way and you're being so public and you're getting all this attention is because you want to help somebody, but you're not pushing the conversation to be about trans issues or trying to get people to see your, to understand what you're going through or to try to change, you know, people's thought that it's just something that people's just, people are just doing for attention if this really is something that you've struggled with and dealt with for 65 years of your life, then that's what you should be telling to help people, not just being on the cover of Vanity Fair and lingerie. That's, I don't see how that's helping anybody. So I understand um, that component because it's like, it is, it seems like self glorification and they it, like the Kardashian machine. She just seems like she's uh, an extension of it. Um, but what, to me makes the story so complex and for me really trying to understand okay I don't know what it's like first of all to feel like I'm a I'm another gender than the gender that's you know that I'm a female so I don't know what it's like to feel like I'm a man on the inside so I can't identify with Caitlyn or, you know, Bruce's experience or wanting to be Caitlyn for all these years. I can't identify with that. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this whole concept. Because for one, when I think about transgender persons, automatically in my mind, I assume the assumption has always been for me um, that it's somebody who just wants to be the opposite sex so they could be with the if it's a man he wants to be a woman so he could be with the man it's you know i've always kind of linked sexuality to it but the reason this to me is so different and so hard for me to understand is because he's saying that he's not attracted to a man he has always been attracted to women and he's still attracted to women, but he wants to be a woman. So it's kind of like, and I was doing some studies, like some people, and this is like a lot of the cases in transgenders. Um, they are attracted still to the opposite sex. They just want to be what they feel on the inside. And so some men that get this operation identify themselves as lesbians and they like get really they get like this euphoria from being a woman and being with a woman so it's just really like hard to like like take in because I'm like okay so if you I'm not sure if he cut off his genitalia but if he did or in some cases they do from what I was reading a study, like how, how do you please a woman without the part? If you could have the part and you want to be, it's just, I, I don't, I'm trying to really understand it and it's hard. So I, I definitely, I, I don't want to say, you know, this is stupid or they're making this up. 
because I don't I don't have that experience. So I really want to be open to listen to them to try to understand, you know, if I had an opportunity to, to sit with Bruce apart from lights, camera, action, but to have a conversation to understand really what he's experiencing because he's in he was saying that like Chris knew this, like he used to dress up like a woman before they got married. When he was doing Olympic interviews, he would have on a bra and women's underwear and panties on under his his garment so this has been a thing for him and I really just want to understand like try to understand because I will never be able to completely understand what does he feel like gender is like is gender something that can just the feeling that you have on the inside is gender attached to your sexual organs is gender attached to the fact that you have a you know ovaries or that you can produce children is that gender what is gender in his mind and then kind of go from there or is gender sacred or is given by a creator like those kinds of questions that I want to start and kind of frame to see his thought on what gender is because if gender is just a feeling then gender can be changed by how you feel if gender has a connection to sexual to your sexual organs then that you know i mean science can change that in the sense with doctors and surgery a little bit but you're you can't produce where you'll be able to birth children so how is but gender, I, I feel like though like that, how does he define gender but I, but i feel like though that that thinking of you know, gender becomes, and again, I'm no expert and I don't know, but there's so many cases. I, I, one of the things I was reading when I started doing research was that there are, um, I always wonder what the I was when people say LGBTQI. And so I it's intersex. And so they're, they're, they're people that are actually, actually born without a sexual organ. And then there are some people that are that are born with both sexual organs, right? Yeah, the and so those and so those people have to they in essence tend to identify with what they feel that they are. And so I think when you say like, well, you know, defining one as a woman or being defined as a woman by defining you being a woman by your ability to produce a child. And that's not really. No, I'm I'm saying, hey. does he, what do you think? I'm asking if I was in a conversation with Bruce. With Caitlin. What, what, yeah, Caitlin, what does he think or she think that gender is in her mind? And those were potential answers that I was giving. And so I think. I, I guess and I guess for me, though, it's less about trying to understand because I kind of feel like that there's ultimately it's something that I probably will never be able to get and understand and be able to because a part of understanding is relating. And so I probably could not relate to it. Um, and I think was one of the things that kind of really frustrated me about all of the articles and the posts and the arguments that have come up out about it like i actually had to just take a break from all social media i was tired i was like i'm i'm really tired of seeing all of these things for people that are just like oh you know you're just so terrible and intolerant and then, then people that are like oh this is so bad and 
we're going to kill our children and the world is I'll save that part for my roast. But it's it it frustrates me. It frustrated me seeing all of all of that, all of these different ideas, because I think that what people aren't considering is that this is a real thing. Right. This Bruce said that he has been battling with this or he has been, you know, dealing with this, this, this feeling of feeling or, or identifying with a being a woman and being trapped existing in a male body for his entire life. And so now we introduce Caitlin and people are like, Oh, well, you know, he just needs to get over it. And I'm like, well, guys, I think after 65 years, it'd be a little deeper than that. Like, I think you kind of have to acknowledge that after 65 years, it might be a little bit more than just he just want to do it. Right. I think at some point in time, you have to acknowledge that there's something really happening here that it, it, it deserves more attention than you just writing it off. It deserves more than you just saying that. Oh, well, this is just because this person is so bad and this person just wants to change the course of the world or or or, or pollute everybody's mind or pollute. Like, I, I think you have to consider that it's deeper than that, considering that this when he was Bruce, this man said that, hey, this is something that I've been dealing with and battling it for forever. And so it's like now. You know, because it's a thing and it's out there, people just have an issue with it. I just honestly, the whole thing, I, I think for me in this space of acknowledging the fact that I'm ignorant about trans issues, acknowledging the fact that I don't know what it is to feel that way. My biggest thing is that, like, I want to be respectful because, again, I always go back to my mom taught me this was important. My dad taught me this was important. And I mean, of course, people say this and probably disrespect people all the time. But one of the things that's always been important to me is respecting people um, in general and respecting people that don't think like me and people don't believe like that don't believe what I believe and understand that because I live in the United States of America and that is actually a right that we all have that, hey, I can agree to disagree with you or I just don't get it and I allow you to live in your space and I don't condemn your existence because, yeah, you got that right. It's the country we live in. Yeah, I I think it's just I think it brings awareness and creates dialogue. Um and I think the best way to create dialogue uh is having like these asking these open ended question open ended questions to kind of say, Okay, what do you think about this? What do you what do you think gender is? What do you think sexuality is to kind of probe and get people talking about what they think what they think these things are to kind of set the framework to discuss opposing views um but i think this is going to be interesting to plays out how it plays out in just public the public um as i was talking to randall off uh before we started recording about like in phoenix there's gender neutral restrooms and one of the reasons is because of uh, transgender issues like how how are we going to allow how are we going to dictate 
you know, male and female restrooms, if if one feels like if one defines gender uh, just based on feelings, if that's the framework in which we define gender if feelings dictate what gender is. And if I feel and if I could go to a public restroom based on my feelings and I and I'm a woman and I feel like a man, do I get to go into that public restroom? And these are the things that we have to like as we. You know, as culture is changing, like, how are we going to deal with this? In Phoenix, they already have gender neutral restrooms. And the lady was like, she went into a restroom and a dude was in there. She thought she was in the wrong restroom. And then they were like, no, it's, it's gender neutral here. And I know in California, they already have some, some cities that are gender, have gender neutral restrooms. So like, how is that going to look like, you know, it just, it's a trickle down effect. And so, it's it's going to impact our day-to-day lives so you're not going to be able to run from it you're not going to say you, you're not going to say i don't if you don't want to talk about it you're going to eventually be faced with it the church has to deal with it the culture has to deal with it everybody's going to have to face. you can't run from it anymore it's right there in our faces um so it is forcing us to think through these things and create dialogue so that's that's a positive yes that's always a positive for me i when people start to think and people start to have discussions, and that's one of the reasons that we have brunch culture. I just, I, I, I love it because I think that for so long and so often we just do things and we just say that things just are what they are. And we don't ask questions and we don't challenge ourselves to consider somebody that hasn't had the experience that we've had. And I'll even say for myself, one of the areas I've grown so much when I realized that, my way isn't necessarily the right way. I can justify and articulate why I believe what I believe and why I feel what I feel and why I take a certain position. But I also have to respect people that don't have those experiences and those people that are different and understand that the beauty of it all is that we are supposed to and should come together and work on those, work on a way, a, a way that There's mutual satisfaction, right? There's a way that we can all coexist together in love and harmony and me respect you and respect your differences. And you respect me and my differences and our differences, not just in, in in thoughts about things, but our differences in beliefs, our differences in the way that we look, the way that we dress, the music that we listen to. Like we are really all different and to just really be in a space where that can exist and that can cultivate and also understand that I go back to saying this all the time when, when people want to check me, because I'm quite sure that somebody's going to text me or email me or tell me, because it's not the first time this happened. It's like, Oh my gosh, you're so liberal. When's the last time you read your Bible? (laughs) To understand that honestly, we live in a country that says these things like it's supposed to be this like we're all created equally right so like if i have the right to believe something then another person has a right to believe something completely different if i have the right to live a certain way then another person has the right to live that way as as well if nobody's like legislating what i do in my life then another person has the right for people like not to legislate what they do in their life as long as it's not infringing upon someone else like i think people just miss that and people just think like oh well you know it's just like no like honestly guys Look at our constitution. Uh, look at the amendments that, that came about. What did you think was going to happen? Like it just wasn't going to be like this 
we were made to to change and to grow and to to adjust and this constitution was set in place with the understanding that there are going to be adjustments and things are going to change over time. And that's, we're just a part of that. So, yeah, I would like to speak to those who are probably on that are on the conservative Christian um, view. Cause that's, that's probably, that's the view I probably represent more um, that like me believe that gender is given by God and that it's sacred and that even um cosmetic surgery even though it could change some things i don't think it it changes god's intent or or his purpose um that's 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 the conservative view um i will say that how you articulate that if you if you hold that position like me um I don't think that social media memes are the way that you should be articulating that. Um, I think that comes off as insensitive um, and it doesn't allow you to listen to um, the view and to articulate your view. I think it creates a barrier. And so in any time, my professor said one time, if you won't, if you wouldn't joke with them in public about it, don't joke with them in private about it. And I think that goes for social media because you create a wall that this is something that's like that. It's, it's something that's, that shouldn't be given serious thought or attention or challenged in your position on it. Um, and that you really are, you do want to create dialogue you automatically create a wall. Right. And so I don't think that the way we approach this on social media, if you are a person who takes that position, the whole, his mama named him Bruce, I'm gonna call him Bruce, or just a whole bunch of other memes that I saw that were very insensitive. I think you kind of present a, you just shit any kind of helpful dialogue down by doing that so completely agree completely agree so you guys let us know what you think about this issue again this is something that is very tough it it is it's tough for a lot of people because it's change right anything that comes and it's so different and it's not the norm and it's not something we see it's very it's it's tough to deal with it's tough for a lot of people to swallow um but i think it's necessary that we have these discussions i think it is never i'll be the first to tell you that i don't have all of the answers i will i am willing to listen i like to hear both sides i like to hear what people have to say um and so we want to share that with you lisa and i we both do and so you guys hit us up use the hashtag chat bc at us um on twitter at brunch culture and on instagram at brunch underscore culture and let us know what you think right let us know what you think about caitlin let us know what you know or would like to add to the conversation about the transgender community because because bruce said that he was doing this to help people i personally would like the conversation to be about the trans community and educating us all on what the trans community goes through and what's that what that is like and sharing those stories because you know maybe it's because i i he's connected to uh caitlin's connected to the kardashian clan i just 
you know, I'm just well, kind of this is kind of distance himself from the K's and the Kardashians. That was a thing like he wanted to make sure it was not a K because everybody else had a K. Yes. So <laughs> Caitlin, she's still connected to the Kardashians. <laughs> so I I'm just trying just to like, maybe yeah. that's a way she was trying to. Do yeah, that. no. So, it's time for our next segment of Toast or Roast, and we aren't going to make this, uh, we ain't going to spend too much time on this, but Lisa, go ahead on with your, your Toast or Roast. I want to give a toast to my, my woe, LeBron, for getting to the finals, um, also Kyrie Irving, and the rest of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I just want to shout y'all out because I hope y'all win. Please, God, let them win. So y'all remember uh, this time last year, Lisa was like down with the heat. Um, yeah, I I told you I was loyal. To <laughs> don't go, don't go there. My loyalty has always been to Bron. Wherever Bron go, that's where I go. It's just like when you follow Jesus, it don't matter where Jesus go. When Jesus was on earth, when he was in heaven. It is it whatever town when he was in Galilee, the disciples followed him wherever he went. So, so LeBron is Jesus and you're a disciple? I'm just making Jesus these parallels of making first you was Jesus, then LeBron became Jesus. What what's really going on, Lisa? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, how about we I'm not Jesus too high He's too high. <laughs> Paul in the Bible. <laughs> He said, follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> as Ron follow these championships, I got to follow him. It's <laughs> like Paul followed Christ. You loyal. I, gotta, I respect loyalty. Yeah. I, and, I, yeah. and I'm the opposite of a harlot. I don't want to say ho. Well, I just said it. But I'm loyal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fool with you. <laughs> So, toast to Brian. Um, yeah, I wish that I had a toast and actually had two roasts. So I have this thing where I always come up with two, right? But I'm not going to do the second roast because I've heard people go in about it. So I'm just going to actually just tweet about it. But my roast. Do what you feel. You know what? I'm not. We, we've been here for a minute. I'm not going to go there. But my roast, honestly are for people, and I'm going to call your people out, Lisa, your conservative people, friends, community, whatever you guys call yourselves, right? I can't be categorized. (sighs) Well, you (laughs) categorized yourself when you said that you were part of their team, so I'm going to call you out. Um, (laughs) So the issue that, here's the issue I have, right? With all of these things that all of this stuff that came out with Caitlin issues, with uh, marriage equality, with all everything that's come out. The one thing that I continuously hear and it's really, really starting to frustrate me is that America is so immoral now and the world is losing all morality And we know that we're in the end of days and Jesus is about to come back because he's so sick of all of this immorality happening. And I sit there and I listen 
And I'm like, really? Wow. You think so? Because I used to be a person that used to get really, really afraid and used to be like, oh, man, it's so bad. Like, we all of this stuff just needs to stop happening, right? So then I start to think critically about it. And then I got bothered. And then that bothered, that being bothered, moved from being bothered, this is over the course of some years, to being frustrated. Because I'm frustrated with this story because what I start to see and start to hear is that because one group of people or one thought process is no longer, not even what the majority thinks, but just what the people with power put out there, that the country is so horrible now. So the first issue is that most of the things that are happening and that we see already exist, existed. These things didn't just come out of nowhere. People just didn't wake up in the morning and say, voila. Now, I will give you that we live in a space where people have platforms. People have uh, are more open and out about what's really happening. But prior to this time, things were going on. It was just closeted, right? People lived in secret and everybody was perfectly fine with about living in secret. You just can't make it the public, the forefront story. That's thing number one. So thing number two, and this is what really, really bothers me, is when we sit, when I hear people say like America is so immoral. But I think back to was slavery not immoral? Was the mass killing of people, beating them and raping them and owning them and making them work till they died? And then you beat them some more and made them work some more and you gave them the scraps and you you tore the skin off of them and you raped their wives and their daughters in front of them and killed their men in front of them and separated families. Was that not immoral? All of a sudden, we just became immoral, but slavery existed, but nobody has a problem with that. Okay, cool. Well, I don't think nobody has a problem with that. I think a lot of people have a problem with that. But all of a sudden, we've become so immoral today, but we weren't immoral then. I think there's, when they say immoral, I think there's, people are more comfortable with the morality. There's no people work. It was legal. It was legal. Here's the problem. This was legal. It was legal to kill people. It was legal to lynch people and to beat them and to enslave them and to rape them. Those things were legal. So when we said I don't think people are saying those are not immoral, though. But you're saying that the U.S. is today is more immoral. Were we not immoral then? How in the world do you justify and you compare uh, enslavement of people, actual people, to being more moral to today. It just it doesn't compare. And so the issue that I take is when you say these things, you really have to think about what you say. But who is who is saying them? Like who is who? But it's that's grouping all conservatives in one. Then say all conservatives, but conservative people usually take this role. And some liberals will say that this is uh we're in a more immoral society. Well, we I think when people say immorality, they're saying like the shame factor. The shame factor. Is it not shameful to kill a person? Yeah, I think all of those are shame. I think that people kind of don't 
because slavery is not in their in their lifespan they kind of forget about it and then that that becomes a problem as well so when you say these things you have to think critically about what you're saying and what it means you're saying that the world is more immoral today and you negate the fact that slavery existed and these people were killed and hurt but not just slavery jim crow existed not just jim crow today we live in a place where people are being executed and people are saying black lives don't matter all lives matter or black lives but i think all lives matter so you don't you're saying that the world is more immoral, but you're completely negating an injustice and, and a con consistent oppression and killing and almost like trying to make completely annihilate a, a certain subset of people. But you ignore that fact. But you say that the world is more immoral because of Caitlin. I think it's more so that people have. How would I articulate this? that there's no when you see something there's no knowing right or wrong is is the lines are great so but the lines weren't great between right and wrong then this is what i'm saying like it is you're, you're saying that oh well people are saying that the lines are right or wrong there's no right or wrong today, but there was no right or wrong then. It was actually right to be wrong back then. It was right to kill a person, a black person. It was right to lynch them. It was right to beat them. It was right to raise them because you owned them. They were your property. You can do anything. But you say this without acknowledging that that existed. Is that not a problem? No, but I don't think everybody is denying that existed because if but you're, you're not acknowledging that fact by saying that the world is more immoral today, though, that's the problem. But if I say the world is more immoral today, when I think about it, I'm thinking about that. As we go on, the world is getting more and more perverted or the world is getting more and more bad. So I'm not negating that those things aren't bad. Was, I'm it, just saying was it not progressive bad then, though? That's yeah, but it's always been bad. Okay, so then say, so say, say that there's a consistent level of bad and let's pray for the world because we've always had problems. Let's stop putting out this story of, you know, we were we the, 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 the country was we were so well put together back in the day. And now everything is just the worst. That's not true. That is not true. Like you can't when you. I think my, now I will, in, in 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 what in defense to what you're saying, I think you have an excellent point as it relates to white evangelical Christians who make this thing of the American Christianity or take back let's take back America statements, making it seem like we were built on such a great moral standard when we were built on the backs of slaves. Um, so I can't I can't agree with you there on that front. And and, and but that's that does. And it's, it's not because I don't just it's not just white evangelical Christians that I hear say that it's people in general, honestly. And I'll, I'll give you I'm sure liberal people think it. I'm pretty, pretty sure my friends think it. I'm pretty sure people in my family think it. But the thing that I just want people to consider and to think about was, wait a minute. So what made us so well put together back then and why are we so bad today? Because there's so many things that happen. It's almost like you want to erase this sense of 
immorality that existed back in the day to say that we're just let we're so bad off today. And it's like, guys, like we've always had issues. There has always been problems like we stop putting putting out this story and stop making these these statements to make it seem like, you know, we're just so horrible today because, you know, back in the day, we all had our stuff together when it was legal to kill people like I don't. Are we not thinking? Where are our brains? Like, are they on vacation? What's happening? It's just, <laughs> it's, it, it frustrates me. It really frustrates me. And I think it frustrates me because that's something I kept seeing over and over and over and over again on social media. And that's what made me just be like, you know what? I'm just going to log off and I'm going to stay off. Bad. Of I, think it's, I think it's bad today, but I think what you're saying is to to balance to balance the fact that it was it's always been bad instead of just pointing to the present bad because you completely ignore the fact that we have by law people can go you we can walk outside right now and somebody can come up and shoot both of us and nobody would ask any questions and so then would our family say oh my gosh you know i just you know but we're so moral we're so well put together today no that's bs yo like it don't even make any sense. You're completely negating the depression, the, the, the struggle of people. And, and, and I'm really just speaking of the injustices that have happened to the black community. I'm not even considering all everything else because I'll be the Native American. Exactly. I'll be the first to tell you that it's not, you know, it, it, it wasn't just slave. It's not the that's like the only thing that has happened that has done wrong. But I just want people to challenge yourselves to think about what it means when you say that, you know, we're just so immoral today and the world is just so America. And I won't say the world, but America is just oh so bad today because it's like, but did you read your history book? Like, or did you pick up a book and realize that, like, yo, in some cases, a lot of things have improved. In some cases, things haven't improved. Things have gotten bad. Things have gotten worse. I'm not saying that everything is perfect now at all, but stop ignoring all of the injustices that have happened that we know that happened and that we just want to act as if they don't exist no more to kind of promote or to push out this story that everything is just so bad you just need to lose your mind now like no that's just not true guys i'm sorry so that's my roast um good roast i mean it's challenging to i mean conservatives as as i am a conservative um so you know I appreciate the challenge, Randall. Um, but now we're going to end on a good vibe. A good vibes. We need a good vibe. This was a heavy episode, yo. We need a good vibe. I've, I've just looked. What's the good vibe, Lisa? With integrity, you have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide. And that's by Zig Ziglar. And this actually made me think of um, Bruce's transition because, uh, I mean, even though I disagree with him doing the transition, I will say that the fact that he is honest about who he is speaks speaks volumes because it's a lot of people who aren't honest about who they are. And it takes courage to um to say, Hey, this is this is what I've been feeling. This is what I you know, this is who I am. And I want the world to know. So the fact that he doesn't have to hide is 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 the fact that he has nothing to hide. You know, for years he had something to hide. So, um, yeah. 
So that, that actually made me think of him or she. Amen to that. Um, I yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it in that way. I just <laughs> thought that like yeah, being integrous. I mean, you you made a great point, but I just thought that yeah, being integrous is <laughs> a good thing. And I just wish the whole world was integrous about everything that we did, right? I mean, that doesn't mean like you gotta like throw all your business out there, but it just means that like you know. Have a little bit of integrity about what you're doing, but and I know it, it's hard in it, to have integrity in everything because we all have a little bit of you know secrets and deception. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's no perfection, but we yeah. do it to the best of our ability. Exactly. I strive to be better. That's what it is. But guys, we thank you so much again for listening to Brunch Culture. We appreciate you guys for riding with us to episode 51. Um. As we always say, we love to interact with you guys. We love to hear what you have to say about our topics. Um, we want feedback. I'm quite sure that people are going to have a lot of stuff to say. Everybody, I'm probably going to, I guarantee I'm going to gauge it. I'm probably going to get a good vibe. I'll give it like, maybe like a, a five. I'll say a handful. I'm going to get a handful of text messages this week about one of, at least one of them is going to tell me I need to read my Bible. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we we, we want to interact with you guys. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. And check out our website where we have all of our episodes. We have our blog posts. You guys can send us an email and get to know us and talk to us. And we're going to be put adding more stuff to the site as usual and all of that good stuff. It's www.brunchculturebc.com. We love you guys. We thank you guys. I'm so thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful for our platform. And we look forward to chatting with y'all this week. Remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.